It is Mock Draft Monday, and on today's show, for the first time, we're going to be discussing who the Chargers could take at pick 17 and 79. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons, but we're going into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Thanks for making us your first listen as always, and to make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But David, now that the free agency craze is over, we are getting back to Mock Draft Monday, and on today's show, we're going to be doing a three-round Mock Draft, talking about two players that we think the Chargers could take a look at in the upcoming draft. So I don't know if we have the same picks because we didn't discuss it. So we're going to get our live reactions to each other's picks. So that'll be segments one and two before wrapping up the show with who the Chargers have taken over the past three years in the first and third round. You know, a couple of hits in the first round, namely Justin Herbert. And there's a little bit more off the wall in the third round. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, David. Well, this is our first time getting into Mock Draft Monday, looking at a three-round mock. The one, you know, because Khalil Mack trade, there is no second-round pick now, so our three-round mock is only talking about two players. But it always starts with 17, David, and I think the one thing we've learned by going through a lot of these guys at this point is just that there should be a good player there when the Chargers get there. But will they do it based on the roster they currently have and needs a right tackle, right guard, or will they be able to fill those and be able to focus on strictly best player available you're going to start it off we use the pro football focus mock draft simulator for this one to get a little bit of a different picture after using the draft network the last couple of times so david the draft is here who are you taking with the 17th overall pick so this one's probably going to surprise a little bit of people um you know when they have taken a look at who i have taken previously at the 17th overall pick and uh well i mean i guess uh without further ado at 17th overall, I have the Chargers taking wide receiver Jamison Williams. <laughs> and I think it's just because I feel like this guy has the crazy long speed that the Chargers are looking for. This is a guy who can take a swing pass and go 75 yards to the house. He has those long strides. I think he is the missing piece of this Chargers offense that can really take this offense from a top five overall offense to a top one overall offense. I love the pick, and especially because of what he complements with the other two receivers, what he brings to the table in that regard. He does a lot of the things that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams aren't known for. And I think when you're looking at a first round pick, a lot of people would wonder, okay, well, you just drafted Josh Palmer. But the what they bring to the table, those three guys, none of them are known for their speed, first of all. And the Chargers had a deficit at that position, getting that kind of speed. And what Brandon Staley wanted was a guy who was going to bring all of the aspects to the table, a guy who could be a deep threat but could also do everything else that comes with being a receiver. And I think Jamison Williams fits that profile, and that's why he was my first-round pick as well at 17. Of course, we ended up picking <laughs> the same guy. I swear we better not have the exact same draft. But I picked Chris Alave last week. You picked Trevor Penning last week. So yeah. there was a big you know shift for you. But for me, I went from one wide receiver to the other. A lot of that is, you know, due to pro football focus, having him there when you get there. The draft network, he was never really there 
when they got to 17. But coming off of a torn ACL in the championship game of college football, I mean, that is someone who could slide after being thought of as a lot of the season, you know, number one wide receiver in the draft. And I do love all of those things he brings to the table, especially the yak, because, I mean, he does bring that even at his slight size. He brings the yards after contact, yards after catch, even when people are able to get a hands on him. But that doesn't happen very often because the dude is a blur. And the other thing is, David, is he torched the Georgia defense, which was like yes, one of the best did. defenses I've ever seen. So when watching that on tape again, going and seeing the performance there and just seeing you know a lot more well-rounded skill set than maybe he's giving credit for, I definitely like the pick. It's what I went with, too. Well, I really like that you brought up that Georgia game, too, because there was one particular play that stuck out to me like a sore thumb, and it was the double move he got on yeah. a 40-plus yard touchdown. It was just a work of art. I mean, you see him, he's got the corner on him, and then, of course, the safety is over the top for safety help. He hits that double move, that kind of dead leg, and then just takes off. His acceleration to be able to get to, to the end zone, track the football, bring it in, you know, in, in a physical situation – was just absolutely beautiful. I mean, that's what you look for. Uh, I mean, he showcases a quick release. He has a nice jab step. He has very strong hands, as evidenced by that play I just brought up there. He's not afraid to go over the middle or to take a hit. I mean, yes, he's a slight frame, and I think that's one of the things that has to be a drawback. Um, he's not the best run blocker. I mean, he, you know, he 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 will try, um, but it's not you know the biggest thing. Um, you know, not not the biggest feather in his cap here. Obviously, the big thing you have to talk about is you know he, he tore his ACL, right? And so that's a, a major injury. He's going to be out five to seven months. But he has a quote here. He says, "I was here in five to seven months, but I'm here and I'm ahead of schedule. Hopefully, things." can keep getting back on track and we'll be back as soon as possible. So this is kind of a, a move you have to continue to think about. He's not going to impact you probably right away. He's probably going to miss a month or so or two getting back to being a hundred percent, but this isn't a one year draft. This is a pick. If you take in the first round that you're going to be signed for four years. So you have to look at the projection and what he's going to bring to your offense for the long term. Yeah, I mean, I think that's honestly one of the biggest red flags because I don't think there's a ton of other, you know, big holes in his game. I mean, I guess if he does go up against a really physical cornerback, that could give him problems if he isn't able to release. But if he can he touch him, yeah. Sure, and he, he didn't have it. I mean, they did a lot to help him out with those releases at Alabama. Sure. Maybe that changes it. But, he, I mean, he could run out of the slot for you or play outside as well in the Chargers offense and be that deep threat who you have to respect. So that opens up the stuff underneath but yeah the run blocking not good <laughs> i mean no. you, you were definitely being nice about it. it looks like you'd rather not engage if he doesn't have to definitely. at times but i mean that's <laughs> not why you're taking this no. you're taking this because he brings a different dimension to your offense and i you know you have a another potential star receiver and easily the best deep threat in this class to go along with the other guys you have locked up on expensive contracts and the other thing you you know have to talk about here david is justin herbert Right. I mean, there's not many yes. other players in this draft, maybe not a player in this draft that you, you know, look at more tantalizing for the combo of him plus Justin Herbert than Jamison Williams. Well, I mean, you I think one of the biggest complaints last year was why aren't they stretching the field? Justin Herbert's big, right. gigantic arm. Why weren't they taking more chances? I mean, they had Jalen Guyton. Well, Jamison Williams will change that completely because I think he's a better route runner and he has that just electric deep speed that you're looking for. This guy is going to really stretch the field and I cannot wait. I really hope that he does get you know drafted by the Chargers because, hey, you know you saw that 65-yard bomb to Jalen Guyton against the Giants. 
Well, I think we can see a lot more of those going to Jamison Williams. And like you said, I think it's underrated that it's going to open everything up underneath for Keenan Allen, who does his best work over the middle of the field and, you know, getting those first downs. And Josh Palmer is going to get more catches because of it underneath. And the tight ends, Gerald Everett's going to be able to, you know, use his size and his physicality over the middle of the football field. This is going to make everyone on the offense better. That's why we've been clamoring for this. We just need that guy that has that true, deep, just crazy speed. And that's exactly what Jameson Williams brings to the table. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's nice is, you know, ACL injuries have come a long way. So even though that happened, you know, in January, like, it's not the, you know, death sentence it used to be. We saw Melvin Ingram return in a, you know, a season where he tore his ACL in the offseason. He came back. And you have Josh Palmer, too. And Josh Palmer will still be part of this offense. And it might take him a second to kind of get into the you know swing of things but i think he's underrated for his quickness as well i think that's part of the game that you don't hear a lot of people talk about with him they think more just the deep speed but the dude's pretty quick too dude made a lot of situations where he ended up falling forward even even as a slight guy just because he knows you know how to get past dudes and put moves on people in the open field where they're not hitting him with their full strength he's hard to get a clean hard hit on You didn't see that happen very often, but I really like that what he would bring, right? The projection of what he would bring to the Chargers offense, even with some needs defensively, you know, and some talented defensive players potentially there. I still like the pick of Jameson Williams. It's a lot of fun to think about, but we do have to get into the Chargers next pick, which won't come all the way until pick 79. It's a long gap because of the move to bring in Khalil Mack, and none of us over here are complaining about it, but we'll see if the Chargers can get another really good player and fill another position the Chargers could use some help at. But I do think with Jamison Williams, right, he is the total package, and I think I got more of a sense of that when I was watching him today. But the built bars are also the total package because you get the taste and you get something that fits in with your diet. And that's what I love about Bilt Bar is the flavors the most. Because right now, guys, you can get the classics like I always tell you about, cookies and cream. You can go peanut butter brownie, you can go cherry barcia, mint brownie. But right now, raspberry cheesecake Bilt Bars right now. I mean, how do you – I love cheesecake. I, I'm a bigger guy, right? And no surprise there. Cheesecake is delicious. And right now, you can get raspberry cheesecake Bilt Bars. And most of the built bars that you can get have 17 grams of protein and less than four grams of sugar and four grams of carbohydrates. So they fit a lot of the low carb diets most people are on. And you get that little treat at that gets you through the end of the day while sticking in. You know, you get that cheap meal, that guilt free snack that you've been looking for, something that's good and good for you not something you can find very often and you can even save some money since you listen to the show go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 to save 15 percent off your order promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com and this is the moment that we find out if me and david picked the exact same two players i was like i want to keep it a surprise i want to get your genuine reaction to it and now we're one for one on picking the same dude and david went from offensive line last week back to wide receiver like I had last week. So David's been kind of a little bit of a copycat here, but we do have <laughs> another pick to get into, which comes at 79 now. And it is going to be interesting because a lot of it's going to have to do with who's at 79, what other teams need. But to keep up with everything going on throughout the league, make sure you guys follow the Lockdown NFL show who has experts from all over the Lockdown Podcast Network and can be found for free and available on all platforms. But David, we know what the Chargers need, and we know that there's still time before the draft where they could pick up some pieces that maybe change the equation of who we're thinking they're going to take in the first round and the third round at, and third round at pick 79. So 
I let you go first the first time. I'll let you go first again. David, now that we're, you know, for the first time talking about third round picks potentially for the Chargers, who would you go with at 79? Yeah, so at 79 here, um, you know, just looking at who was available and kind of who I feel like the Chargers needed as far as, you know, what they still have not addressed so far. Um, you know, since I went wide receiver in the first round, I, I was really trying to zero in on someone who was going to help on the offensive line. I mean, it's just really important that they do that. And I feel like they need to add the depth. They need to add quality players. So for that reason, I went with Jamari Sawyer from Georgia. He was a tackle, um, a guard, a center. Um, well, it's because he played every single <laughs> offensive line position while he was at Georgia. He literally logged at least 39 snaps at every single position. So when you talk about versatility, it doesn't get any more versatile than every single position on the offensive line. But, you know, he played most of his snaps at tackle. I think he really projects more as a guard at the next level, a guard. And I mean, a mean and nasty guard like this guy was a road grader. He absolutely dominated. Yeah. Six foot four, 325 to 40 pounds, just depending on where you look. I mean, you look at him, you can see it. I mean, this guy's yeah. got tremendous size, a big frame. But like I said, he is dominant as a run blocker, especially on those double teams. I mean, just please pray to the Lord that you don't have to go up against him <laughs> on a double team block because you're going to get run over. I mean, that's just all that's going to happen. He has that mean, nasty streak. He's decent as a tackle, um, but I think that lateral quickness is really something that's going to give him some trouble if he is out there on an island at the next level. But I think he projects as a very strong and very nasty guard at the NFL level. Yeah, and I think when you're taking somebody, especially in the third round, right, you're looking for, okay, can I find some dominant traits in yeah. somebody, right? Like um, uh, Michael Onwenu, another guy kind of like that, where he didn't have, you know, the great lateral mobility and things, but he was just a huge dude playing guard yeah. that just mauled people. Yeah. And then he continued to do that for the Patriots in the NFL, and it was just maybe people were just overthinking. You just get this dude who's nasty and mean and have him start moving people out of the way. And I definitely understand the offensive line pick because, of course, I picked an offensive lineman as well. But he was not there when I picked in the Pro Football Focus mock draft simulator. But I did go with a, an offensive guard, in this case, Dylan Parham from Memphis, a guard who is a guy that transferred really late, or not transferred, but transitioned to being a guard or an offensive lineman really late 2018 while he was already in college. He made the move from being a tight end as a you know guy who was a ripped tight end athletic dude and now he's a guard going into the draft and some people think his fit is better at center but I really liked what I saw from him I watched him games just to kind of see who he was going up against against Houston he had Logan Hall another guy a defensive tackle who's going to be drafted I thought he really bothered him up there and I got to see him go up against Texas A&M a defensive line that had some really talented players too really held his own and he's a guy that really nailed the offseason circuit I mean he went to the Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl, the Senior Bowl, and ended up really showing out there. Then he ended up going to his you know, NFL Combine, showed out there, did well at his pro day, and athletically rates out as a 9.0 on the RAS, the relative athletic scale. This is definitely not a huge guy, but one of the things I liked about him is since you know moving to guard and since the end of the season where he was supposedly playing at like 285, 290, he's bulked up and still looked good. He was up to 313 at the Senior Bowl, and still seemed to be moving really well. And, I mean, we talked about all the talented defensive linemen at the Senior Bowl, and he held up against those dudes. So I like this pick for the Chargers in the third round. I think he definitely can add some weight, but I really liked what he brought to the table. 
Well, Daniel, I mean, we know the Chargers love those senior bowl standouts, right? Right, They love love those guys that go out there and mobile and go up against some of the best competition at the college level, and they go out there and excel. So, I mean, (laughs) it's very well probably on the Chargers' radar there. But going back to Jamari Sawyer here, some of the things that are probably drawbacks, and you're going to find those, you know, with the third – third round pick here. Sure. He, he plays a little bit too high from time to time. I mean, that's a common theme with most, most offensive linemen. He's slow getting out of it, getting out to his kick slide, you know, trying to, you know, deal with those, those, uh, you know, pass rushers there. He's not particularly fluid in space either, just because he's a gigantic man and, you know, he doesn't move all that well. Um, and I think one of the biggest drawbacks is just, he bends a little bit too much at the waist. He really depends on his gigantic upper body and his, you know, where he gets his strength at, but he needs to, you know, change that. And I think some coaching at the NFL level will be able to help with that. But that's why he projects better as a guard, because you're putting him in a phone booth where there's not as much, um, you know, space that he's going to have to conquer. He really has help on both sides. I think that's where he's going to be able to come in and dominate at the next level. Yeah, and I, I I definitely could see him. I mean, I would watch more for putting my stamp of approval on it, but I could definitely see why you made the pick. And then we went with two, you know, really different players, I think, yeah. at that pick, even though we went with the same position. Because my dude's undersized, doesn't really have a problem with pad level, and he usually can get under other people's pads while still having a pretty good anchor that's only going to improve as he adds good weight, hopefully. But I really like, you can see the tight end, just the movement ability. The Chargers, if the Chargers were just a straight-up power running team, I wouldn't be taking this dude because he's a little bit smaller. But with the Chargers wanting to get on the move as much as they do, I think he really fits in well with really sticky grip. But he doesn't have the longest arms, 33 and a half, which the Chargers already showed they didn't care about. And they've already kind of taken an undersized dude with Rashawn Slater at left tackle. But I think the other thing that this you know scenario opens up is getting more help at guard if your best right tackle situation ends up being Matt Filer as opposed to potentially signing someone in free agency. And to me, Daniel, I, I think that is the move. I, I think I think it's a little bit too late now um, in the offseason to be able to get somebody who's going to be able to be better than Matt Filer at right tackle. I think Matt Filer really played well at, at right tackle when – he was playing that position with the Steelers. So I don't think there's any reason why he's not going to be able to do that with the Chargers. And now that you know what you have with Rashawn Slater and how dominant he is on the left side, you probably feel a little bit more comfortable moving Matt Filer out to right tackle and probably taking a little bit more of a risk at who you put at guard there because you know what you have on the interior, you know, with your your captain at center there with Corey Lindsley, and you know what you have with Rashawn Slater. So get the max value, you know, really protect Herbie the best you can by putting a veteran out there that has succeeded playing right tackle in the NFL. And I could definitely see that being a scenario with how we see it. I mean, I still think there's upgrades out there over them potentially using Trey Pipkins, right, or Storm Norton. But maybe Matt Filer is the best option specifically at right tackle. Maybe that's something they think about. Plus the guard depth for them right now. You really only have Brendan Hymas, who we still haven't seen, and Matt Filer. So, like, even with Filer at guard, it's a very, very thin position right now for the Chargers. But one thing that's hugely important in this and things that really seem to be trending differently lately is the Chargers' history drafting in the first and the third round. Because we're going to be getting into what the Chargers have done recently in the last three years, getting four first round picks and three third round picks with some mixed results, awesome mixed results, but also some real home runs as well. And it is a draft season, which means we're going to be watching the draft every single day, which we're very, very excited about. Some long nights coming up, but there is something that I take every single day and I do it with athletic greens, which is something that I'm very new to, but something that I've liked a lot. 
since I've started taking it. I mean, I take athletic greens every single day Do not have to deal with taking a bunch of different pills and supplements and trying to get all the healthy things that my fiance tries to give me. I get it all with one drink with athletic greens and their AG one formula, which you take every single day. And one of the main things that I love about it, one of the things I think it's been the biggest benefit that I didn't know would be was kind of like a brain fog. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're not quite thinking straight, you're getting a little bit tired. I have not had that nearly as much with athletic greens, something that I didn't think about when I started doing it, but it has helped a lot. And another thing that people talk about all the time, and I've realized a little bit too, is I trouble sleeping. I have trouble sleeping a lot of times. Athletic greens has actually helped in that regard as well, but there are a ton of benefits to it. And it's just something that is so simple. It tastes pretty good too. I mean, usually if you're having something that tastes, it has as much health benefits as athletic greens, it doesn't usually taste great. And I have no problem taking athletic greens ever. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop of cup in the water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, David, what we talked about, you know, for the first time, who we think the Chargers should take in the first and the third round. And really our first time being able to kind of stack things and, you know, add to a couple of different positions in at those specific picks, the Chargers have had really mixed results, and a lot yeah. of it has to do with when you draft because yeah. this year they're right in the middle, right? When they got Justin Herbert, they were picking six. When they got Jerry Tillery, they were picking 28th. So it, not every first-round pick can be judged right equally. But created wanted, equal. Yeah. Exactly, but we wanted to go back and take a look at what their recent success rate has kind of been with those picks. And we have to start with the first round. The Chargers are picking at 17. The last time they were picking at 17, they got Derwin James. So that's a huge feather in Tom Telesco's hat. It's the reason that David bought this jersey and is hoping that Derwin James doesn't change his jersey number to three. But looking at who they've taken in the last three drafts, David, it's been a mixed bag, like I said. 28th overall in 2019, they take Jerry Tillery. Sixth overall in 2020, the best pick on here, Justin Herbert. Huge hit for Tom Telesco. Didn't have to trade up to get him. All I think falls in his cap. I understand that, you know, he fell to him thing. But when you draft a dude like Justin Herbert, you have to get credit for it. But the Chargers dip back into the first round to get Kenneth Murray. That's why the first round in 2020 is a little bit convoluted, just because one is an obvious Pro Bowl, you know, top-level talent. And with Kenneth Murray, it's largely yet to be seen. And in 2021, 13th overall, you get Rashawn Slater. So Justin Herbert, Rashawn Slater, two outstanding picks that we know already are great picks. And then a couple of guys with, you know, Jerry Tillery three years in, you don't know still. And with Kenneth Murray two years in, you don't know either. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, with Kenneth Murray, he had a a bad year and he had some stuff that he was going on with. You know, he had some injuries that he was dealing with and some off-field situations that was definitely affecting him and it would have affected anybody. But I mean, that's why I'm not writing him off yet. You know, we've got to give him another year and in, in, in a defense that he at least has some time to learn now, hopefully after having one year and having a full, hopefully COVID-less, COVID-free, COVID-restriction-free, you know, full offseason to where he can really get into it. Hopefully he stays healthy, is able to be out there and get the best instruction that he can um, because I really want to see that college-type linebacker that we saw um, where he's flying around and really making all those tackles. So, I, yeah, I think the hard thing with him though is it's not the physical, right? I mean, right. we know he's physically that dude. Like, yeah, he, you know, walked in the first day and he was already built like a brick house. It's just sure. the mental part of it, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously last year 
ankle injury, new defense, had to do a lot of different things. He didn't have to do his rookie year. Neither of the years were great. Last year right. was worse than his rookie season. I think it's more mentally, can he get there, right? Because the instincts are really just getting too late to these tackles, making a ton of tackles, but way too far down the field. That's yeah. what worries me the most about, you know, projecting him becoming a lot better, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, and on the other side of the token, obviously, you, you look at Justin Herbert, and I mean, before the Chargers made that pick, everyone... Don't you talk about them in the same breath. <laughs> I'm not. That's what I'm trying to tell you, is Justin uh, Herbert was the home run there, was the absolute superstar sure. pick. Yeah. And I mean, hey, yeah, of course, he was there at, at pick six, uh, and the Chargers took him, but they didn't know, just like all the other pundits didn't know who Justin Herbert was going to be at the next level. They all right. had their questions. I mean, oh... You know, he's quiet. He can't be a leader. And I mean, what? Blah, blah, blah. Look at him now, two years after, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and, you know, a potential MVP candidate next season. So, I mean, just a tremendous, tremendous move. And of course, and it ha adds more weight because that's the most important position on the field. Of course. I mean, that's huge. And, and the thing is, is like you have another feather he can put on his hat, which is just that he seems pretty linked in. On yeah. draft day, right? It, it seems, especially last year, like he felt that Rashawn Slater was going to fall to him, right? And his intel paid off because he did absolutely fall to him, just like Derwin James fell to him, just like Justin Herbert fell to him. I mean, if he thought Tua was better and he was sure the Dolphins were going to take Tua, maybe, you know, he would have tried to trade up for Tua if he really wanted him, right? Trade yeah. four with the Giants that year, which is something we were an advocate of, you know, being, you know, the Tua lovers that we were, how stupid were we? But I think for the most part, I mean, there's just a lot of home runs when you look at the first round pick. And that's never yeah. been Tom Telesco's really, you know, negative thing about Tom Telesco isn't the first round because you have Joey Bosa and Durham James and Justin Herbert and Rashawn Slater. It's finding value after that, right? Which yes. is why the third round can be such a wild ride. And this year, the Chargers pick 79. And that's the thing. So, I mean, the last time we saw the Chargers first round pick 17, they got Derwin, which is great. But the last two times we saw them picking, you know, in the last later half of the first round, Jerry Tillery, Kenneth Murray, it hasn't been. But at 79, that's when you just don't know what's going to happen. Because when you look back at who the Chargers picks have been, 2020, they didn't have a pick because they traded back into the first round to get Kenneth Murray. In 2019, it was Trey Pipkins, and everyone was like, what is happening? I mean, this dude was not supposed to be a third-round pick. The Chargers reached in a big way and largely throughout his career it looks like he did get too cute with that pick and pick somebody who was you know thought he was finding the diamond in the rough and we saw last year at least there was some progress in that regards but last year it happened again when he took josh palmer 77th another guy who was widely thought of as a late fourth fifth round pick and trey mckitty who was thought of as around a fifth round pick and he just went off the wall there so like if there's one thing we've learned in the third round is you really have no idea what tom tolasco is going to do it is going to be a mystery, and you better buckle up because you have no idea what is going to happen. And I, I remember when they picked Trey Pipkins, I was like, who the hell is this dude? Like, I can't believe that they <laughs> they spent a third-round pick on a such a small school guy that yeah. we just – you had no pedigree. You had no idea what he was Sioux going Falls. to do. Yeah, out of Sioux Falls. I mean, where where is that, right? I mean, it's just – you had no idea about that pick. That one was a real head scratcher. And yeah, he played a couple of decent games last year, and hopefully that continues. You really, you obviously really want that for the player and for the Chargers. But that third round has always been a mystery. It's always been very scary because that's the pick. It just, you know, a lot of the times it just doesn't make sense to you. 
Yeah, and I mean, it goes back even further than that, right? It was, yeah. you know, Dan Feeney in the third round, Justin Jones in the third round, which is probably one of the better ones for him. Yeah. It just took a while for that to kind of come Pay to off. fruition. Yeah. And then there's also, you know, the going back like Max Turk and, and other third round picks that didn't end up working out for you. But there, you know, is at least, I think, some faith, David, especially with the performances of Josh Palmer and Trey McKay specifically, because yeah. those dudes, at least you saw it in year one. I thought Josh Palmer had a really solid rookie season yeah. and ended up making some really big plays for the Chargers, even, you know, as late as the final game of the season where I'm fourth and 21. Josh Palmer gets a conversion for a touchdown. And when they're yes. trying to come back against the Patriots, it gets a touchdown to bring them a little bit closer. Yeah. So he had some big plays in a limited role, really splitting it with Jalen Guyton. And Trey McKitty, even though he was a healthy scratch for so many games this season, there's not many places you could point to where you could see the development happen so quickly where he went from that dude to being, you know, the Chargers' most consistent run blocker that translated oh, yeah. from college. And I think even receiving, he showed a couple of things that you liked, even with only six receptions. So I think there is at least, you know, positive momentum going into this seventh, ninth overall pick that the Chargers could get it right. Well, another thing that was going to be going to be the case this year, as it was last year, is that Brandon Staley is the head coach of the Chargers. And so that obviously has been a very big influence on the moves they made in the draft last year. And it's going to be it has been with the moves they made in the offseason this year. So we know that that connection between Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley and that influence is very strong and very clear. So hopefully that continues and that they continue to find some success with those mid to later round picks, because that's where you build the depth of your football team. Right. And you just need a, you know, I'm not going to go through what every other GM in the NFL does with those later picks, but like when you're just looking at it in a vacuum with the chargers, it's like, there's just not many guys like, Desmond King is a notable fifth round pick, right? I mean, yeah. Davis Brown back in the day was that dude for a little bit, but there's not a ton of them. I mean, Justin, you know, Justin Jackson's probably one of the bigger wins in that regard, but there's a lot of, you know, Dylan Cantrell is kind of mixed in there as well. And guys, yeah. you know, Cortez Bonds that kind of just fell off the map where they've actually been better is undrafted free agency where they deserve a ton of credit in that as well. But to keep it going, you want to hit with those late picks and to keep building around all these big contracts that you just signed to supplement that you have to start hitting on some of these mid-round picks. And hopefully with Brandon Staley, we're trending in the right direction. Hopefully we see, you know, more guys like Brendan Hymas step up in year two, and Mark Webb stick up, you know, really step up in year two. So there's going to be chances for us to get a little bit better picture of what those picks are going to look like with Brandon Staley. And you also have to think that maybe last year getting a guy like Nick Neiman means you have you can take one less special teams player this year, right? And you're not going to be as focused on just finding guys who can only play special teams and maybe guys with more of a chance to develop into a starter later down the road or into a role player or however it ends up fitting in. But it was fun doing that today. We'll definitely keep up Mock Draft Monday. By the time we get to the draft, we will hit every single Chargers draft pick and we'll have mocked every single one and we'll make our final projections on the mock before the draft comes up. But tomorrow is Tuesday and we might not have a fan mail Friday this week, so it's going to be Twitter Tuesday. So make sure to hit us up at LockdownLAC. We'll put out a post today so you guys can get in there ask your questions and get on tomorrow's show. And we'll also have the latest news. If anything does break, we will be here with that too, but make sure you guys get it in at locked on LAC or to me at Dan talk sports on Twitter or David Drogmeyer at Drotalk ST. If you guys want to keep it up with the NFL draft, make sure to check out the locked on NFL draft show where Eric Crocker just came out with his latest mock draft that had the chargers taking Charles cross in the first round, not a guy you see get there and a very, very enticing option 
at right tackle for the Chargers, a pick I would absolutely love. But make sure you guys check out that show so you can keep up. That's what I'd always try to do. So I'm getting a well-rounded draft knowledge. But to make sure you guys never miss the show, go subscribe to our Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. If you're on here now, make sure to hit that subscribe button and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever, and rate and review if you like the show as well. If you guys want to call into the voicemail line, the number is 323-524-7924. But tomorrow it's about Twitter, so hit us up on Twitter Tuesday and get your questions in to be on the show tomorrow. But that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you guys then. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.